talk this morning about mindfulness of breathing. Mm. Actually, the full teachings on mindfulness of breathing were given by the Buddha after uh, uh, the huge retreat at uh, Savati when almost the entire Sangha used to gather there from all over that part of India once a year because they knew the Buddha would be there. And Sawati, this was his one, you know, teaching engagement of the year <laughs> that he was booked for. <laughs> so everybody knew Sawati during the Vasa, that's where it's that's where it's gonna be at, you know. So everybody kinda came together. And uh during that, that rains retreat, you have a three month rains retreat. And there the great Arahants, Sariputta and Moggallana, all these great beings where they're, you know, it's tirelessly ex- exhorting, encouraging, arousing, gladdening, inspiring, chastising, guiding, solidly for th- three months, <laughs> you know, in all different kinds of practices. And then at the end of it, the Buddha said, okay, three months you've been worked over by Arahants, I think you're just about ready for s- to deal with mindfulness of breathing. <laughs> Yeah, I'm pleased. It was the fourth month, the Kamudi month, the month of the full moon. And he said, yeah, you're doing really well. I think it's now, you know, probably we could start with mindfulness of breathing. So you've had three days with... (laughs) 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 And unfortunately, (laughs) you haven't been aroused by our (laughs) hunts. But, you know, this is America, so we've got to get moving. I'll be hanging around, get on with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure Missy you had a lot of experience in, in the in this with all the various pitfalls and the um you know, and the trying and the nice results and the difficulties and the struggles and you know, giving up on it and then trying again because it is so there it is, you know. It's very central to the Buddha's meditation. So why is that and how is that? Why is it so difficult? (laughs) Why can it be so difficult? Why can it be so tight and constrictive? Why can it be so kind of feeling like you're always trying struggling to control your breath or be with it or you can't find it? Your mind slips off and it's continually trying to beat it back and push it onto the breath or you get it and it feels really tight and and uh, so forth. Why is it like like that if the Buddha taught it? Because, you know, but you realize actually there was a whole lot of preliminary practices or uh, necessary really to let that flower. Yeah. And, uh, so when I was in the Barkor, uh, Jokang Palace, which is the monastery in, in main monastery in Lhasa and the monks I was talking to one of the monks he said oh yeah we do we don't meditate for 20 years with 20 years we're studying emptiness getting a really profound understanding of mind then we start to meditate 
You go on for people meditating before they really know what the mind is. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> oh. You know, the idea of me spending 20 years kind of struggling through the, you know, Tibetan metaphysics. Oh. <laughs> but, you know, he had a point. See? He had a point. You know, when you, you kind of, the idea just sort of plunk yourself down and the, the doors of death are just going to spring open. <laughs> And actually what we plunk ourselves down is often in our own, sitting in our own damage. <laughs> it's kind of eddying around, <laughs> trying to find a way out of it. And, you're thinking, you know, and sometimes getting quite obsessive about it all. And not feeling very happy with ourselves. Mm. You, know, you know, Thai forest tradition or Thai, you know, wouldn't make too much of a definite thing out of it, but that general inclination, I mean, one of our Sangha members went to Thailand, stayed with a, one of the teachers there, and he said, well, okay, first of all, you make your mind happy, and then when your mind is happy, focus on your kamatana. Like, make your mind happy? Yeah, but just make your mind happy, relax, make your mind happy. And then It's just little points, you know. Uh, and when the, the Buddha, what it called his, his graduated teaching, was first of all you develop, you understand dana, you know, and you get a feeling for that, and you understand sila, morality, you get a feeling for that. Then you begin to see, you know, even though we all have generosity as part of our nature, we all have ethical uprightness is part of our nature it's pretty human beings all across the board have that it's natural and yet people are fighting quarreling jealous abuse why is that you know they saying because there's not enough renunciation that is sense sense impingement dazzles us and we get greedy and we get grasping and we get possessive and we feel we don't have enough and this is not you folks particularly, but this is a kind of human thing, isn't it? You know, we don't, there isn't enough of that sharing and welcoming and like, you know. Uh, so, well, you know, that's, that's the preliminary. Because mm. yeah. this is the mind. Dana is the mind. Yeah. Morality is the mind. Renunciation is the mind ripening, opening, feeling so contented in itself that, you know, just don't bother with that complexities, you know, let's just be loving and together, you know, and bring forth that. So, you know, this is just another reflection and, uh, you know, just to sort of help to, to remind us perhaps, these are not things that are alien to us, but need to be brought highlighted and brought forward mm. because you know the problem with mindfulness of breathing is several problems where we don't really know what breathing is we think we know what it is but you don't yeah. <laughs> I like people always saying watching the breath has anybody ever seen a breath 
You've been watching it all these years and you've never seen it. <laughs> what do you think of breath? Breathing is anyway, you know. So to really get a sense of the felt experience of breathing, yeah, and so establishing that. So we don't know what breathing is, really know it, really feel it, really get it, really have it happen to us as an involuntary, unforced experience that is sustaining us, brightening us, cleaning us, refreshing us. You don't know what breathing is. You just think it's some kind of thing on a screen that goes up and down. <laughs> yeah. So you're getting the fullness of that. Mindfulness, do we really know what that is? And again, it's one of those kind of debates because now it's quite a common term, you know, commonly used. And, bear, and uh, you know, we think, we think mindfulness is scrutiny of discrete mental objects. But mindfulness is, is just the ability to bear something in mind. And really mindfulness, although it's, it's innate, we all have that. It's one of those universal qualities. Mm. That really isn't quite the bit because it's like mindfulness is like your hand. Everybody's got them, but what you do with it is important. <laughs> Where you place it and whether you grip tightly, what their hand does is as important as having one. So yeah, we have mindfulness, but establishing mindfulness on appropriate theme, yeah, that and how it's established if it's established with grasping, if it's established with anxiety, if it's established in those bases, then those themes will sus- be sustained. Hmm. So, you know, we really need to get a, a full and careful and respectful understanding of how mindfulness is to be established. And then to be mindful, you have to f- also understand what the mind is. And so we don't know that either. And the mind is just this kind of thought stream. So if we don't know what mind is, we don't know what mindfulness is, we don't know what breathing is, you can see why it's not always so good to begin with that. (laughs) What What is mind? Yeah to be mindful, to bear something in mind. And yeah, the thought stream is, is one thing that happens in, the, in mind. Mind is the boundless, aware, sensitivity, affected, responsive sensitivity that, cogni- that forms cognition, mm. boundless, sensitivity that can process, make things immaterial, mm. turns the material into the immaterial. Mm. Amazing faculty. And it happens. It's happening all the time, all the time. Perceptions are arising, impressions, moods, uh, sensations. Uh, inclinations, slight tremblings of uncertainty or yeah, all that's occurring in the mind. And, and But the basic quality of mind is just this boundless, 
like sensitivity. Mm. Everything and the, the fundamental experience of mind is not the most basic f- experience of mind is not thought but feeling. Something impacts, something touches, something is sensed, and then you know the cognitive process. What's that? What's that? What's that? Oh, da, 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 it's that. You know, but the first thing is just this sense of something impacts. The first experience of mind is feeling, not thinking. When I say feeling, I mean just the sense of being impacted. I don't mean the whole, you know, elaborate process of our emotional uh, perceptions of that. This and mind is essentially empty. That is, it has no fixed content. Hmm. And it can be, but it just absorbs whatever comes along, it takes in, it's sensitized by, it's affected by. Brightness, light, coolness, anything, any of the sense bases will just uh, be the basis for the arising of mental content. Touch, sight, sound, right? fragrance, taste. Uh, and of course, mind objects themselves. You know, so from the primary impact, sensation, uh, sight, sound, touch, and so forth. Uh, you say the secondary layer is the emotional tremblings around that. Those are also received and felt. The emotional trembling and emotional t- being touched. And then something goes, what's that? Is that safe? Is that okay? Do I need that? Is that good for me? And then, then the calibrations and the definitions start building up. You know, you look at it slowly, you see that's what happens. So first, the first thing is just the sense of a resonance. And then reaching out to that. And is that good? Is that? And then the feeling, oh, it's one of those. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, that's fine. You know, but that happens very quickly. You know? Yeah. And when you particularly, and once you get into automatic, it happens more or less so so instantaneously. You know, you see the, you know, the jar with peanut butter on it, and immediately, you, you know, you're in there because <laughs> you you think you know what it is until somebody's actually just got an, a jar with peanut butter on it and it emptied it out and put something else in it, like, and didn't it take the label off? <laughs> and that, horrifying moment when <laughs> you've just eaten some glue or something like that. <laughs> but we can get convinced by the labels on things and they create certain impressions, don't they? You know, new, improved. Wow. <laughs> Says on it. Or when they say things like tra- traditional new, improved. So they want to get every every possible nuance of that, which is yeah, which is interesting. It's traditional and it's new and it's improved, but it's the same as it was. <laughs> but it's reduced price as well. So by spending this fifty dollars, you're saving yourself ten. How do they do that? <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> Because the you know mind is affected by perceptions, 
new, improved, cheap, half price, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> Quick. Yeah, so perceptions, you know, the, you know, these meanings are in fact even more effective on us than sights and sounds. And they're effective, we resonate with them, we tremble with them, we're gladdened by them, we're annoyed by them. So, by what? Just a suggestion, just an impression. And yet, there it is, you know. So, you know, really with with this, you've got to be quite aware of, of the input that happens into mind. And we're really trying to come back to the, this, uh, the fullness of mind, the sensitivity. You realize that sensitivity has to be quite, quite wise uh, about the nature of perceptions and particularly the nature of response. Yeah. That is, mind both is affected, activated, and it responds. And it can respond with all kinds of ways, both in terms of reaching out or offering or grasping or repelling or, you know, whatever, holding on or let it, you know, pushing away. It can also respond uh, frantically, impulsively, uh, without due reflection, recklessly, uh, um, or, or different ways, you know. So what I was saying, intention, <coughs> learning to res- bring up a response is already, you know, and you feel good about the quality of the good heart, the good intention, the loving, the bright, the steady, the caring. So you get that one in, you know. So we're starting to make that almost a basic movement, mm. basic movement of mind. Mm. Dana, sila, nikama, uh, generosity, morality, letting go, simplicity, renunciation, making that. So that becomes kind of established as as normative patterning that we can refer to rather than competing, progressing, having, owning, building, buying, getting somewhere, going for it, having, getting there in a hurry, quick as possible, you know, get my, that kind of programming that can come in through the, the uh, commercial world which we are all affected by. You know, it's not a personal thing. We're all we're affected by, by those signs, those signifiers. Mm. What's the quickest way to enlightenment? The quickest, pain-free, immediate, cheapest way to enlightenment with a new and traditional... <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> what, be wary of that one, you know. Somebody says, oh, you can get enlightened in one week or ten days. You think, <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> what's, what's it, what does it bring up, you know? <laughs> what kind of attitude does it bring up? Hmm? So really, you know, just getting some sense of the fullness of mind and how that, that fullness has to be gradually coaxed and encouraged into fullness. Mm. Yeah. And we do that, you know, we can't, we're not going to be 100%, but at least we're recognizing the general direction of, of mind, intentionality. Mm. And noticing perception, how we, how we get triggered. 
We get activated by sounds or sights that disappoint or gladness or excite us. Okay, just let that one move through and what's the right response? Rather than those knee-jerk reactions or labeling of things. So this is the basis. And then saying, you know, spending a couple of days now just getting our energy faculty. Recognizing that the energy faculty of mind is often um, overactivated. Rushing. Rushing on. Dealing with hundreds and one different things. Trying to get things sorted out. Complexities. Yeah. Mm. And just uh, your energy is just quite frazzled. Yeah. And disembodied, going on to to virtual theoretical realities such as the future, money, my income. Yeah, which is true. It's it has an effect and yet where is it? Yeah. Where is it now? So we're trying to bring that energy back to something that's here now and it's got another dimension to it. Yeah. And the other dimension is, Im- is embodied. Future is not embodied. Yeah. However poignant and you know, it's not embodied. Is it? Your income is not embodied. <laughs> it's important but it's not embodied is it you know so we're trying to say just all those concerns and and numerable ones i you know that you i don't need to remind you of you so just bringing that back so because in the embodied state you become bringing that back your energy body is going to become steadier solid richer warmer and your mind's going to feel that going to feel the sense of collecting, steadying, no hurry, grounded, and we begin to feel contented. Mm. You know, and as it says, you know, the Buddha gives this line, you know, one, da-da-da-da-da, we do this, we develop renunciation, and then we experience contentment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And having experienced contentment, one then picks up the foundations of mindfulness. <laughs> yeah. So contentment. Mm. And how our society is one of great discontent. Mm. Almost encouraged. And, yeah. But contentment, not as an ideology, but just be able to be, not saying it's okay that people suffer, it's not indifference, it's contentment to be present. And from that place of contentment, our energy can build up instead of being, you know, strung out into should be, could be, all that, need, want, must be, not good enough. Yeah, yeah, this is good enough. This bit is good enough. This is the good enough bit. Many things are not good enough. Yeah. Many, many things are not really not good enough. 
But you don't solve that by continually going to the good, not good enough. You know, it's like the solution can't come from the same area where the problem arises. You have to come from the place where you feel that touch, that sense of contented, good enough, and your strength will gather there, and your resources will gather there, and then you can bring forth some of that beauty and strength and clarity and kindness and goodwill to do what you can, you know. So in some ways, there is this good, you know, it's never good enough, and in some ways, it's always good enough. You need to have both of those there to find the right balance in our lives. Yeah. And uh, this energy, you know, rather than just effort, because again, effort can only come wisely from energy. You're making a lot of effort and you don't have the resource of energy. You can have willpower, adrenaline, but it's like caffeine, you know. It's not actually... <laughs> producing it is just using it <laughs> and you just get you burn out you know you don't feel happy and the, you know that that's the mark the mark of right energy as you feel is quiet happiness gentle happiness so from there now we have the basis You know, and then we have the basis. And, you know, we don't get it absolutely 100%. We start to touch into that. So that our practice of meditation isn't subconsciously trying to fill up, trying to fill us up with some good experience. Yeah. Because we already have the good experience. You know, if we don't have that sense of basic grounded contentment in the here and now, which is a fundamental requirement for human beings, really is. And we do, you know, we turn up the heat, we get our food, we do things in order to feel fundamentally okay in the here and now. But the most enriching way to feel okay in the here and now is in your own energy body. When you've, that is the most enriching way to do it. It's traditional and it's new and it's free. <laughs> Believe me. <laughs> and everything else may, you know, other things can get us into that feel-good space for a few moments, perhaps. But this is the way you most constantly cultivate it with, wi- with wisdom and with a sense of, I don't need all sorts of other stuff to do it. I, I got it right here. And that adds even more to that uh, quality of, of contentment. Now, if that isn't there, then consciously or unconsciously, we'll be asking meditation to provide it for us. We'll be somehow in the back of, of our awareness, perhaps not conscious thought, we'll be where do I get to the good place? Where do I get the happy feeling? Where do I get that sense of arriving somewhere good? If I can say I've arrived somewhere good, that perception will light me up, you know, and I'll get the good feeling. We'll get the good feeling from mental perception. 
as I said, is much more stronger than, than any other sense door. So if somebody can say, okay, check the box, you're now a stream enterer. Boom, you know, <laughs> I made it, you know. <laughs> and I feel I've arrived. And for a moment, that sense of discontent will be abated. And I'll think, I want to be an arahant next. <laughs> Stream enter, you know, I want to be arahant. And then, <laughs> or whatever, you know, it's, it's sort of the thing that to feel one has attained something, achieved something, is such an incredible <coughs> luminous, luminous power. Yeah. Because we're not contented. So we're searching for that. And our meditation is then biased towards finding something, having something, becoming something, attaining something, achieving something. And you think, sure, yeah, but sure, that's what it's about, isn't it? Mm, not really. <laughs> yeah. Not really. That's, it is and it isn't, but it's a different way, you see. It's not, not reaching out to attain. It's like revealing, a gradual revealing and a gradual fruition, which is very different, very different process. Quieter, softer, less self in it. And that's the other key to it. Whereas attaining can be very self-oriented. The whole process of release is the gradual diminution and thinning of the layers of self. So the revealing into something that's open and light. Yeah. <coughs> so intention is important energy is important and perhaps even more useful or helpful word than important is beautiful just uh, bear that in mind because these all these phrases have their own nuances we start to feel important and we become business-like get to the point, the important practice, and no, think of perhaps it's you to say, what is beautiful now? And perhaps another faculty of, of mind opens up, which is enjoyment, appreciation, enjoyment. You know, less rather than, you know, getting to a point. And enjoyment, the enjoyment experience is one of opening and appreciating, and there's a contentment with that. Yeah. To, just to enjoy. Enjoy your own breathing, enjoy your presence. Mm. Enjoy being here. Yeah. And again, we begin to recognize, oh yeah, well, hmm, I see. <laughs> uh, some work has to be done here. <laughs> These are just, uh, you know, signs because the, you know, often when people come to meditate, the word that comes up is concentrate. How do I get concentrated? 
really think, oh, oh no, please don't think like that. Because <laughs> you know where it's going to go. <laughs> where that's going to go, that trajectory. Uh, yeah. Trying to hold something together. Trying to quieten down. Trying to get rid of thoughts. Yeah. Struggling against emotions. Trying to stop feeling, kind of cut things out. It's like surgery, surgery, surgery. And, and nothing whole. Nothing healing. Nothing blessing. Yeah. Nothing, no enjoyment. So the hallmark, the precursor of samadhi is enjoyment. That's, that's, that's the door. Skillful enjoyment. Enjoyment in skillfulness. Enjoyment in beautiful, of beautiful intention. Enjoyment of contentment. Enjoyment of the body. Enjoyment of the breath body. Mm. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the door. And you, you kind of, the more you settle in that, and you bear that in mind, and you frame that up, you're mindful of that, you've established your mindfulness around that, and you wait and you dwell in that, and you keep releasing the impatience and the grasping and the self-imagery and the how to do it, and the, you know, and gradually that's what begins to firm up. And then you have a reasonable basis for what we call samma, right, appropriate, wise, balanced, uh, samadhi unification, things come together. Let's get back. Because we really, just to say that's where it goes, because now we're talking about mindfulness. Yeah? Bearing something in mind. What do we establish it on? How do we establish it? Mindfulness, some are samadhi, appropriate mindfulness for meditation is based upon right view. And right view is a process rather than a thing of cause and effect. And I'm saying these things, every one of these things you could tease out. So process means we have to fully engage and make wholesome and beautiful the process of, of being here, of being with our body, being with our breathing. And so if we're pushing it, slack, you know, zoning out, uh, struggling with it. Those defective processes have to be addressed and resolved. Yeah. And not the thing, but the process. So your breath is not going to do anything other than just keep keeping your body alive. Your part in the contribution of that process is how to begin to acknowledge one's attitudes and find through these encouragements of things like puja and dana and renunciation and virtue and pleasant company begin to sense this is the stuff. This is the real nitty gritty of it. This is, this is the input. Get your input right and your, your breathing will be fine. You know? So, you know, it's like you get so, one gets so object oriented no. So, you know, people say, well, with all this meditation, you just haven't told us what to do in terms of focusing on the breath. But I am telling you what to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the breath isn't that important right now. The important bit is how to focus 
And we're, we're encouraging those intentions that will gather around. And as they blend, you come up with something that is very um, relaxed, playful, bright, you know, virtuous, enjoyable. It's lovely being here. It really is lovely being here with you. I really enjoy my time with you. I enjoy talking with you. We have interviews. I enjoy it. I'm not doing it as a job. <laughs> and as you touch into that, you know, that's, that's, you know, and then that quality. And so you distill it. Now, can I take one moment of that and just place it anywhere, you know, in my body, if it's just in one out-breath, you know, it's just in one out-breath, I can say, there it goes. Look at that. Be with that. Feel that flow. Feel that flow. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that complete in itself? Doesn't have to mean anything, prove anything, get anywhere. Feel it move. Yeah. Feel it move through the body. Isn't that wonderful? So sometimes I play with it. So you just imagine you're in a smoke-filled room and somebody opened the door and you got out and you think, wouldn't it be great to breathe in? Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great to breathe in? Oh, yeah. How could anybody want more than this? <laughs> well, <laughs> take another one and you want more of something else. <laughs> but just that one moment, you, hey, you know, breathing in happens. And uh, for most of us, for a lot of the time, breathing in is quite, uh, quite beautiful. And breathing out. You know, you get respiratory complaints and so forth, but imagine you're not struggling to breathe. And there's the, what's the effect on your, on your, on your nervous system of something that can go so smoothly? Yeah. The kind of the sense of the cooling, the calming, the releasing of the, of the, in the out-breath. And it's not dump. Uh, Rather like I uh, liken it sometimes to imagine you you know, you have a balloon on the end of a string and you're holding on to the balloon with your string uh, with your hand and the wind tugs the balloon and you just gradually let the string run through your hand as the wind lifts the balloon out and you let that that's breathing out. Yeah. Notice that feeling it pulling out. Yeah. Yeah. And breathing in, the descending, the entering into you. Now that, that's the feeling sense. That's the most basic sense of the mind. We want to get to that sense. We often highly positioned and activated in the more elaborate uh, aspects of mind, the thinking and so forth, the calibrating, the defining. And we think that's the best or the most intelligent, the better you can do that. You know, it's, it's pretty nifty, but it, it can, as you all know, it can really tangle itself in knots. So now we come down to much more basic quality of mind and realizing that too can be profoundly intelligent in a sensing way, sensing the different 
speeds, velocities, tinglings, resonances that go through one out-breath. Now we're being mindful of one out-breath. We're letting it go as well. We just let it go completely. We've begun to understand that the the movement of renunciation of just let it go. Not chuck it away, dump it, no good, but just let it move, let it move its own way. We've begun to sense that. And the beauty of that when one's, the hand of one's mind is not tight. I use the word hand of one's mind because all language is metaphors and I probably this is as good, maybe more useful than watching. Uh, and as you know, you have, as I was saying the other day, you have uh, two kinds of hand. You have the, you look at the back of it, you feel the bones, you feel those fingers, the prodding, the firm, the ability to frame. Yeah? The firm framing bone of the hand with the fingers that can poke and twiddle, you know, and that. And then you also have the soft sense of the hand, the inner hand, the fingertips, the palm of the hand. Yeah. And just, you know, you just sense how sensitive one fingertip is. Yeah. Extraordinarily acute fingertip. <laughs> now, you know, how do we use our hands? We're often using the tweaking, twiddling, manipulating, poking, adjusting stuff. Just because the sensing it, your hand has to remain fairly still and just receive what's what's happening. Receive it in the palm of your hand. Just be a little bit patient for that. <laughs> yeah. So if your intention is always to get and to have, then you get to the the other aspect of the hand, which is the reaching out, the poking, the that, rather than the receiving. Both sides have their importance. But um, with mindfulness of breathing, there's not a lot really there to tweak with. In fact, you don't want to tweak it. You want to feel it. You want the palm of your hand. You want it to land in the palm of your hand, not be something you're continually gripping and holding and adjusting and fiddling with. There's where your control systems come in. Now, you know, you take take your hand as it is right now, you hold it up, and you, you focus on the fingers and the grip, and you reach around it. I haven't got anything. There's nothing in my hand. Nothing in my hand. Well, something to hold on to, something to get get going on, something to feel, something to grip or adjust or, you know, I'm bored holding this nothing, you know. That's what the that's what the back of the hand feels. Now you feel that what happens on the other side then it's oh look at feel that. It's so full <laughs> Yeah. You know? It's so full I just don't want to put anything in it. It's just so nice feeling that warmth, the energies, the tinglings, the that quality. It's holding everything. Hmm? So that will never be full. 
that clenching hand will never experience fullness because that's not what it's about. This hand, the palm of the hand, will always experience fullness. It's always full. And that, you know. So what bit of your mind do you use? Do you want to use the bit of your mind that's never going to be full? (laughs) 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 Give me that thing. Give me that thing. Where's that thing that I can get hold of that's going to make me feel better than I am? (laughs) Should I do it this way or that way? Do you want to use that bit of your hand? Because it can do incredible (coughs) things. Or do you use this bit of your hand, which is contented? Just to... Something, touch it. Mm. That's the one we want to develop. Well, I would recommend anyway. Yeah. And so, how does that happen? Because often that bit is a bit numb, or it's scarred. Too much stuff has landed in there, and it's it's scarred. Some pretty painful stuff has landed on there, and it's all cut up. Mm. Hurt. Blame, rejection, it happened on that. It's all, so we don't want to open it and get hurt. And so this is why we cultivate dana, sila, <laughs> nikama, kalyanamita, spiritual friendship, safe, the beautiful, the trustworthy, so that we can open that. Mm-hmm. And loving kindness towards ourselves and towards others. Yeah. Which means the graciousness, the wonderful graciousness of heart that is our gift mm. to, mm, to accept, to be present with, to sense with in a kindly way. And all these help us to get that hand to open. Mm. And then it's letting the breath, your breathing body, your felt energy, your out breath, your in breath, touch that, touch that hand. Hmm? And then you, when you get that, now you've begun. You're saying the Buddha saying just first instruction, so sati asasati, so sati pasasati, so means so just one. Breathing in, one is mindful of breathing in. Breathing out, one is mindful of breathing out. So get get this right, first of all. <laughs> you know, to be mindful, to let that fill your hand, to let that land in the right place. Yeah. And then we can start, how long is this? How short is it? How does it feel? What's... Where's the good? Where, where does it feel most comfortable? How can I sort of adjust or open to receive it more completely? Mm. Now, breathing is often itself uh, gets afflicted, as you probably recognize and understand, you know, how 
perhaps why mindfulness of breathing, breathing, breathing is such a useful and thorough process for clearing out karma. Because the breathing, the nerve of the breathing is associated with our mental states. At a very, again, a very base level, when we panic, how's your breathing? When you're frightened, how's your breathing? When you're aggressive, how's your breathing? When you're relaxed, how's your breathing? When you feel loved, how's your breathing? Hmm? When you feel comfortable, how's your breathing? When you feel, hmm? How is it? It changes, doesn't it? And the grosser emotions, you can detect it more obviously. Pumping breath. Grasping breath. Sn- snatchy kind of breath when we're in a hurry. Yeah. So they two are closely connected. So if we can get to that nerve and start to train it to the contentment and to the beautiful, mm, then that signal comes from your, your body into your mind, your mind back into your body, and so on. It starts this feedback loop of a comfortable and warm and beautiful um, energy. Now that's the basis for samadhi. As it is our, and again this is not conscious or decided, it's just involuntary, much of our mind is involuntary, reactive, programmed, conditioned, when we've been in a hurry, we've perhaps never, we've grown used to not fully breathing. When we've been defensive, we've grown used to not fully allowing ourselves to breathe in and out. We've always kind of held back a bit. When we felt, you know, I never listened to or not, then we feel forceful and our breath breathing is not smooth, it's over breathing. So there are various afflictive breath patterns that keep establishing and re-establishing these um, dissonant psychologies. Mm. So what's the contented breathing? You know, we might begin just with finding our body and how do you get to feel comfortable and what's your breathing like then? Comfortable but alert, awake, what's your breathing like then? Thoughts of loving kindness, thoughts of people who've helped me, thoughts of gratitude. What's your breathing like then? Mm. Mm. You you just start to signal, signal, generate the signal. Let that become in in your body and it begins to amplify. This is the basis for samadhi amplifying the skillful through through the breathing because it becomes much more than an idea and a memory it starts to become embodied and then you you feel it you feel it running through your nerves you feel it through your skin uh, you feel it as a direct felt experience and then your mind picks that up picks that up yeah. so it's this play between the body and the mind yeah 
and start with your body, come into your mind, start with your mind, come into your body, but you start this play to find the good, the true, the beautiful, and embody it, attune to it. Yeah. And breathing will do that. Mm. Now all of us have our difficult places, our negative karma, negative accumulations, restricted places, hurt places, raging places, uncomfortable places, sad places. Yeah. Uh, now it's not a matter of not going there, but a matter of, of to clear karma, you've got to come out of those difficult places to where your health, your, your basic sanity, your basic health, your basic luminosity is. And you strengthen, resource that, and then you start to breathe through the pain, the difficult bits, the damaged bits. Mm. But, you know, get the resource first. Otherwise, you're just going to keep reiterating damage and just cycling through it again. Yeah. And how do you breathe through? Well, say you might feel that. Perhaps you don't even have a thought about it. But you feel it's kind of tightness up in your shoulder. I don't know whether it's physical or psychological, who knows? You don't have to know, you just know tightness in your shoulder. So you come, where do you not feel tight? Oh, let me think, I feel, I feel okay. Just about somewhere towards the end of the out breath, I feel loose and open. So you pick up that sign, you acknowledge that you're mindful of that, you bear that in mind, you pick up that quality, you attune to it, you savor it. You repeat it again and again and again till that sign becomes clear for you, established for you. And you f- then as you can't have that sign, a sense of that which is looser or freer or more happy or more buoyant, you begin to turn that gently towards your shoulder. You, know, you breathe through your shoulder. And you, don't, you breathe through it not trying to change it just like you're letting it ventilate. You come from your good place to your, through your difficult place and you just let the breath move through it in a very innocent way, just like the, the wind blowing over the pond. Uh, and also, you know, what are you looking for? You keep open. And you may find, strangely enough, that oh, nothing seems to change in my shoulder, but only my mind has shifted. I remember something, or I realize some resistance in me. And I see, see that, and that comes up, or I feel a kind of grudge happening, a rancorous sense, and I see that and release that. And oh, that's funny, that pain in my shoulders lessened. <laughs> you know, so you, you keep holistically aware to all of it. The body-mind is truly marvelous, and uh, it's a cultivation of mindfulness of breathing is mind, it is breathing, it is body, it's all of that together. So you, you tune into all of it. You know, the textures, the flows, the energy, the sensations, the mental attitudes, all of it. And you're like listening to all of that and just keep that flow of breathing moving through it.
Now, this is, I find this very helpful, clearing karma, for gladdening, for liberation. Therefore, we present it. 